0: You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck.
1: Uh, There you go. Who doesn't love a giant wolf-like crypto with a baby? (laughs) (laughs) What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different? And what if you can't find your way home?
0: Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We are here. We are talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. More specifically, we are talking about two new characters that were given to us in this episode we're going to be talking about john walker the new captain america and his partner lamar hoskins battle star don't wait, wait. Yes. chris chris don't walk out that's it's that's his name i'm sorry
1: Hey, whoa, whoa! I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I was just gonna <laughs> say these are the, uh, we're getting the Gobots equivalent of Captain America and oh, Falcon. Oh, <laughs> that's that's pretty harsh. Or, actually, it'd be uh, Winter Soldier and uh, uh, Falcon. That's the, they're the Gobots version of it. So that's what happened in this this last episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but first, we will get into what is new on the spinner rack for a new comic book day, and get into a little bit of new news for comic book distribution. And always make sure to check our Patreon page for exclusive uh, more material that you can only get there if you're one of our patrons. So, Chris, what is new on this new comic book day?
1: All right, so here we are at the end of March. So if you go to your LCS this Tuesday, you will see all the brand new DC products. Uh, What can you look forward to? Well, we have Batman Catwoman issue four. Now, I got to say, I feel guilty. I haven't been reading this. I haven't even heard much talk. So I don't know if it kind of lost its flavor by having that much distance between Tom King's Batman run and then finally getting the conclusion. Um, So I don't know. But I I, I do want to jump into it. So maybe that's what I'll do this week. Um, The new Adventures of the Flash. So Flash issue 768. So we are uh, post-Future State, current Infinite Frontier. And so now the quest is for the redemption for Wally West. Um, I'm actually excited about this. I am looking forward to, uh, seeing Wally be redeemed, be, be a hero again, because while I may like Barry Allen a little bit more, I do have to say, I've got to recognize, uh, what's going on with what, well, what actually has happened with Wally. So I think it's very important to remember that he was a hero. So, um, Sadly, at the start of New 52, he was left behind. Uh, DC Rebirth brought him back, but then he was basically destroyed in Heroes in Crisis. Uh, so now it's time to start the uh, redemption of Wally West. So as a Hal Jordan fan, I recognize your, the, the, your pain, and <laughs> I, I hope you Wally fans, uh, I hope it comes out to greener good pastures. The future state, though, still continues. We have future state Superman versus Imperius Lex number three. Uh, So these are adventures written by Mark Russell. So I don't know if they will have any impact on the current Superman comics or not. Uh, But either way, if you've been invested in the story, definitely check it out. Other history of the DC Universe number three will be out. So John Ridley continues looking at the uh, history of the DC Universe through other characters' eyes. And this issue looks like it'll be a focus on Katana. Interesting. Uh, Strange Adventures number nine will be out continuing the who knows what style adventures of Adam Strange as he is out there. Uh, But don't forget, Mr. Terrific is a part of that story as well. So definitely get those characters. Uh, Now we're already at Collected editions, so not much coming from DC, but we have Batman's Grave, the complete collection. Uh, So Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch teamed up for a year-long adventure of The Dark Knight. So if you just want to check out to see what craziness that they came up with, definitely check that one out. Uh, it's time to make Mitch feel. Uh, remind him that his hero is old, just like all of ours. No, uh, it's Green Arrow, eighty years of the Emerald Archer Deluxe Edition. That's right, good old Ollie. Uh, he he dyes his beard. That's the secrets. Um, so we're gonna get a time spanning collection of all things Arrow in this adventure. Now, one thing that I'm excited about for Mitch's sake is. Green Arrow Connor Hawk, he's definitely going to be in this. Uh, He's going to start getting some love again. So I'm super hyped uh, to see the fallout from this adventure set. Uh, John Constantine's Hellblazer Volume 2, the best version of you, will be out. So if you want to get the Simon Spurrier Adventures of Old Johnny Boy there, definitely check those out. Justice League Odyssey, the team you didn't ask for that went into space. (laughs) Uh, So if you want to continue on with that storyline by Dan Abnett, definitely check it out. This one features Cyborg, Jessica Cruz, Asriel, uh, Starfire, and Dexstar, who eventually joined the team. So definitely get your uh, ragtam team of superheroes there. Now, if we flip fences and go to the other side, we can head on over to Wednesday's release of all things Marvel Comics. So there will be Avengers Curse of the Man-Thing one shot. Uh, Steve Orlando will take a team of Avengers and have them either help or hold back Man-Thing as he celebrates his 50th anniversary, if I remember correctly. So, man, our heroes, they're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> um better ray bill is back in the spotlight so daniel warren johnson uh will be writer and artist on this mini series i believe so we'll definitely get to see what's going to happen with Better ray bill in preparation for probably appearing somewhere on the big screen pretty soon i'd wager
0: i'm guessing so yeah thor down. love and, thor love and thunder you're gonna get to see beta ray bill and this is i kind of feel like I, this is marvel Comics' way of being like don't worry, we haven't shown you all the characters in the movies yet. You can de- we definitely have a bigger, we have a, a wider range of characters that you haven't seen in the movies yet that we that can eventually show up. So, pe- be prepared for Man Thing to show up in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, <laughs> and uh, Beta Ray Bill to be in Thunder, well, or Thor, Love and Thunder.
1: Exactly. Yeah, they'll definitely play them out. Now, here's one I want to throw at you, just because of the spirit of all things fun. All right, Mitch, Hello, Wog. Versus Better Ray Bill, who do you think wins that matchup?
0: Ooh, uh, Stormbreaker versus the most powerful weapon in the universe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I it'd be really, really close. I guess it de- I mean, honestly, I have to pull the Stanley uh, answer and be like, it depends on who's writing. Uh, <laughs> but if it's me, I, I guess I would go with Killwog.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you that one like it would definitely be close because both uh, Bill and Wog are warriors at heart like even if you take away Stormbreaker and the lantern ring. These two dudes would still keep fighting it out. But the only reason I think Better A Bill loses is I believe he is part cyborg. So clearly, you know, the cybernetics could eventually fail faster than Walk's body, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, but I do agree with you, true believer. It comes down to who's writing it in the <laughs> end. <laughs> and actually, nowadays, I, I can't even say I agree with that. I think it comes down to who's publishing it. <laughs> oh, fair. Yep. Alright, let's see, moving along uh, Black Cat number 4 will be out uh, Definitely keep an eye on her books because this year there's going to be um, I was laughing because DC's doing Infinity Frontier and Marvel's going to do, oh I forget what they called it I think Infinity Realm or something but basically the uh, the Infinity Stones are going to either become sentient and become people or they're going to team up with people so we're going to have these six characters that are essentially living uh, stones. So kind of like the emotional spectrum, but anyways, there's going it, to, it's all going to eventually lead to something called infinity heist. And I think black cat will be the uh, catalyst behind that one. So, so definitely keep a watch on her book.
0: You have the infinity stones over in marble and you have the crisis on infinite earths over on DC. Like, I feel like if they ever did the crossover again, there should be something to do with that. It should be like crisis of infinity stones or something.
1: Oh yeah. Like the word infinity has to be used. Um, I'm trying to think what they called it. Like, I think they called it the secret zero hour of infinity or something like that back when they did amalgam. Uh And so they were like, Oh, what was our big storyline? Cause like, even though you may have read the comics, which is great, But they made a tie-in trading card set that had so much extras. So it's a shame. Like I as goofy as it sounds, but I think it'd be so cool if they actually like reprinted the trading cards as a comic book because there's so much depth in there. Huh. Maybe there's a million dollar idea I need to jump on. Uh, all right. Let's see. Moving along, uh, Captain America issue twenty-eight will be out. So this continues Taneste Coates' run on Captain America. It has been fantastic. Uh, it's definitely a very spiritual sequel to Brew Baker's run. Uh, and these are coming down to our winding down issues. So definitely check that out. And if you're a Michael Cho fan, uh, definitely check out his Masterworks variant cover with a blue and white Captain America jumping at you. Uh the let's see here we have oh this is a big one. So for all you uh skullheads out there, King and Black Ghost Rider will be coming out. Uh luckily I got to do an advanced review on this one. So I will say if you are shopping for King and Black, get it because you want to complete your collection, but know that the story really doesn't matter for King and Black. <laughs> uh But if you are a Ghost Rider fan, pick this one up, because uh, as we know, what was it? Gosh, probably like two, three years ago now, uh, Marvel did Damnation, uh, which was a fantastic crossover, uh, and it led to the heroes managing to get Mephisto out of hell and have Johnny Blaze become the new king of hell. Well, you can't be the king of hell without going a little insane, as we saw in the last volume of Ghost Rider. Uh, Writer Ed Brisson was doing some really cool stuff, had some great ideas. And sadly, by the seventh issue, the series was uh, canceled. Uh, Thanks a lot, COVID. So with that happening, it definitely shut things down. But we are getting a conclusion. Um, I think you'll be happy, writer fans. I know I was. I enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to what's next for Johnny Blaze and family. So definitely pick that one up. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Yes, King and Black will continue with Return of the Valkyries, number four. So we get to see what the ladies are going to do against the Knoll uh, in the symbiotes. Uh, what else? There is Marvel Tales Original Marvel Zombies, number one. Oops, sorry. That's just a uh, signed special cover. But this one does crack me up because... You and I, Mitch, we both remember when Marvel Zombies <laughs> happened. Now it's like, oh yeah, let's go retro. That scares me. I don't want things <laughs> that I remember happening being disguised or discussed as retro. <laughs> and
0: just just to uh, r- not reiterate, but to refresh my memory, uh, Marvel Zombies. I know the Marvel Zombie comics, like the original run, was written by Robert Kirkman, right? Obviously, Zombies, Walking oh, Dead. Yep. R- Marvel Zombies, did he also write the Fantastic Four, Ultimate Fantastic Four storyline that introduced the zombie version of Reed Richards?
1: I was thinking that too, but luckily I I pulled up the uh, comic book solicitation in advance. And actually, and for those of you that are back issue shopping, uh, go out and buy Ultimate Fantastic Four issues 21 through 23, uh, because that will have introduced the Marvel Zombie Verse. uh, And that is actually written by Mark Millar. That crazy Scottish Brit Brit out there just mucking everything up, and uh, it had some beautiful art by Greg Land. So, yeah, uh, they were the ones that created the idea, which then was launched over to Marvel Zombies Number 1 back in 2005, a golden age of comics (laughs) now. But uh, Robert Kirkman was helmed to write that one. So, yeah. And then Sean Phillips was the artist of the original one. So, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That
0: is crazy. (laughs)
1: All right, let's see. Uh, Silk number one will be out, so the uh, Cindy Moon is going to get her own series, which is going to be exciting because I know she's got some. They've got some plans for her, so I'm very excited to see uh, her get back on the newsstands again. And that's and the there's third a ton time? of covers. Good. Yeah, yeah, she's had three. Now it's it's not fair to make it sound like she's gone through these things quick. Uh, it's just more or less Marvel. They know character struggle so new number ones are great. So she's been the sad victim of Marvel Now. Marvel Now Nower. Now that's what Marvel calls now, you know. So every time they would revamp the Marvel universe with its publishing brand, uh, they were like, "Hey, let's just take Silk and give her a brand new number 1." <laughs> um, yeah, that's just that's such a bummer. I think she would be great like if she can't like if this series doesn't hold, which I don't see why it should hold. um, But I would love to say like, have a daily bugle book and she could actually fit in very well there cuz she does have a uh, have a relationship with Jay Jonah Jameson like i right. think he knows her secret identity and background it's like well why not why not have those two working in conjunction with each other that I could mean, be she, really awesome
0: she is a great character and she's been great since her introduction it's it's unfortunate that they haven't been able to do more with her where that it's stuck you know kind of thing uh in in a world where marvel loves their spider characters like this is a, a great character <laughs> uh, for them to keep going forward with, and I, I, I assume that she has to somehow like uh, link in with the King and Black storyline.
1: Sadly, she's probably if she did, she was just like you know in a panel, nothing major to her. Really.
0: That's unfortunate.
1: Uh, but even then, truth be told, Spider Man's barely in this King and Black story. It's definitely more focused on ben- Venom and the Avengers, if anything. Yeah. Okay, But speaking of, (laughs) Symbiote Spider-Man, King and Black number five will be out. So this is a what if happening in real time with a real Marvel Universe event. So in this universe, Peter Parker kept his symbiote and now Noel has found Earth faster. So I don't know if it's necessarily set in the later 80s or if it's just if he had kept the suit and we're here and now. But I do like looking at this cover because we get to see the uh, old school rocket raccoon when he had his costume. It uh, looks like we've got Photon there, potentially Kang, and I think the Black Knight. I'm not too sure who that helmeted person might be. Has but has yeah, this so book be always fun.
0: been written and re- drawn by uh, Peter David and Greg Land, respectively? Like I didn't know. The much, two- yeah. yeah. I didn't know the yeah. two of them were working together.
1: Because Peter David is just. Hey, I mean, he's a good guy. He's not ready for modern Marvel comics, as we saw with his last stint on Ben Riley. Right. So it's just best to say, hey, you're a good name. You're a good writer. Where would you like to be? And, you know, I was like, I want to go to 1986 fans. So there we go. <laughs> he sounds a lot like Stan Lee. <laughs> uh, all my characters sound like Stan Lee. they're oh, okay, that yeah. great? <laughs> Uh, let's see moving along the union number four will be out so if you want to get your fix of british superheroes that's definitely the place to go Uh, we will have u.s agent number four out and if we look at this cover now again you can never trust a cover but we see battlestar so is this a reuniting of John Walker and Hoskins or is it just teasing us we're not too sure. Is, uh, definitely this has been a really good timing for this this storyline to go on. What oh you got? yeah,
0: yeah, very much so. Is th- th- now this is issue 3, right? Or you know, issue 4. Oh, no. Uh is it issue 4 yeah. of something or
1: it's either it- 4 of 4 or 4 of 6.
0: Oh okay. So it yeah, is a like limited I, I, run. It's not a ongoing.
1: Yeah, no, it'll be a limited run, not an ongoing. Unless, you know, hey, maybe if this does well enough. And I know Christopher Priest, he, he definitely loves to keep stories going. So who knows? That's up to you, true fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, continuing along, though, we have X-Men Legends number two. Fabian Nieska is bringing the angst. Back in comics, because we need that. Uh, Here we have the adventures of Cyclops and Havoc as they find out that the ultra cool extreme character, Adam X, could be their brother. That's right, because we always wanted a Wolverine looking summer's brother. So uh, definitely check it out. Uh, You know, I'm conflicted on this one. Uh, just because I remember like I wasn't as invested in X-Men comics when I was younger. Definitely. Thank goodness for the cartoon. Cause it made it easier to one afford them and two know what's going on. Uh, because even as a kid, like X-Men comics were very convoluted. Like we knew they were part of the Marvel universe. Uh, we just didn't know if the Marvel universe was, was part of them. So Fabian Nieska toyed with the idea that, yeah, let's, let's have there be a third summer's brother. Um, and, it, it, it played out later on to be, uh, um, God, I can't think of his name now, uh, Gabriel Summers, but now we're, we're, we're toying with the original idea that it was supposed to be Adam X, and he just reeked horrible 90s. I mean, the backwards baseball cap, uh, spikes coming out of everything. Like he has knee pads with spikes on them. He had shoulder spikes. Shoulder spikes. <laughs> what do you do with shoulder spikes? Anyways, yeah. Now he, uh, he finally does have a claim to fame by being part of the Summers family. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, I haven't read issue number one yet. I was kind of toying with waiting for the whole thing and just swallowing it as one pill. I don't know. Maybe I'll break down. Uh, but continuing along, X-Men number 19 will be out as we start getting ready for the Hellfire Gala. And also definitely check out, I forgot to mention, uh, there's a lot of women's history variant covers out. So if you are interested in seeing some of the fine Marvel heroes uh, being represented very nicely during this Women's History Month, you can definitely check out Black Cat number four for a... Um, Oh my God. Felicia Hardy. There we go for a Felicia Hardy cover. Um, we also have, um, I'm really surprised that they didn't have one for the, uh, the return of the Valkyries, but silk got one. So Cindy moon has one herself. Um, um, and yep, I think yeah, the next one would go to Emma Frost on issue 19. So definitely check those out if you want to see what's going on. Uh, now we'll jump to our collected editions. So Avengers Academy uh, will be having its third complete collection. Uh, I would recommend this one. I was very surprised. I, I think I wound up picking it up by accident just because at that time it was like, you know, we were fresh out of the Civil War. Let's see what's going on. Um, but it was a great series. It had really really interesting new characters that had wild struggles. So I know, I definitely enjoyed it. I remember looking at the cover here with <laughs> Hazard on the front, and I just remember, like, granted, it, it took me back to the early days of Rogue, but it was just really nice to see that same struggle um, handled differently by a different character. So I think Christos, Christos Gage did a great job with this series. Did you read this one as well?
0: I did. I, I very much enjoyed it, too. Um, now, it's not the... Is this... No... Th- is this the one where the the kids were being taught by Hank Pym, or is um, this the one I'm that trying to remember, we, actually? We got the introduction you know, to a whole bunch of uh, new recruits for the the initiative.
1: Well, I know they were part of the uh, the initiative. Um, I don't think. I don't think they were pimmed just yet. I think they were still working officially for the government.
0: Okay, so then, so
1: this was like I couldn't remember who their trainer was, but he had that like yeah gauntlet because he had that gun arm.
0: Yeah, so yeah, this is the one that this is the book that introduced us to um, MVP. Then yes, that yeah, I love that book. So
1: yeah, that was definitely a fun time. So uh, I would recommend that. It. It's like I said, we're on volume three, but it is well worth it. Definitely go out there and. Which, get volumes one and two. Okay. I really
0: hope that uh, the and I, I think it, I think it's very much a long shot, but I would really hope or really dig it if uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier introduced us to uh, MVP.
1: Ooh, that would be something. Um, you know, just one, so that way we could see that costume. But clones—that uh, gets me one step closer to Ben Riley, so that makes me happy. <laughs> All right, let's see. Moving along, um, we have Avengers by Jonathan Hickman, Complete Collection, Volume 4. So this was a post – oh, my gosh, no, this wasn't. So I I forget what era of Marvel we were. I think we were just Marvel now. So if you definitely want to check out his uh, Magnus Opus on his Avengers run, definitely check that one out fan fantastic for and thesis the treasury edition will be happening so this is mark wade denny o'neill and neil adams and some special artwork by mark when when i cannot say names today when ringo uh so definitely check that one out some beautiful stuff there shang chi by jean lun yang will be out so if you definitely want to get a early sneak peek about shang chi definitely check that one out and there will be another collection shang chi earth's mightiest martial artist so they're definitely getting him ready for his upcoming action film. So uh, definitely check that character out there. And that is what will be on your Spinner axe.
0: There you go. Yeah, we have uh, Spinner axe for the big two right there. Um, speaking of Shang-Chi, we did get news that uh, Disney is pushing back their release dates for Black Widow and Shang-Chi. Black Widow will go to January, July 9th, and that will be released in theaters and on Disney plus at the same time for a premier access fee. Uh, Shang Chi will get moved back two months to July, August, September. Uh, and then two months after that in November, we'll be getting Eternals. So, uh, Eternals doesn't move, but Shang Chi does. And so did black widow. Um, interesting. Uh, uh, we were all wondering if they were going to end up releasing black widow as a premier access movie on disney plus uh surprisingly they did but they also pushed back the release date two months from may to july
1: so yeah that's that's very interesting i'd be very curious to see the behind the scenes like for the story writers like did they have to do any major changes you know kind of like we were saying earlier where it would have been great cuz black widow should have happened by now so would we have seen taskmaster be a part of Falcon and winter soldier. So that would definitely be a, a good question. That I'd love to get answered someday. Very good question.
0: Uh, other big news that happened in comic books this week, Chris,
1: take it away. Well, so uh, diamond comics distributors along, not a long time, I guess about a year ago was the monopoly monopoly. When it came to the direct market distribution of comic books, it was all there. And then COVID-19 happened. Uh, Diamond closed their distribution centers, and that kind of caused everyone to not have product. So DC kind of, I guess I'll say it this way, DC got tired of it, uh, so they stepped away. And that was huge news, and now it's even bigger because Marvel Comics has said goodbye to Diamond, and they are saying hello to penguin random house as their new distributor so it might not affect us per se but it definitely is going to change the market uh because diamond as i said earlier they were definitely the monopoly so they didn't have to worry about stuff um i've talked with comic book owners and you know there were times where they were not too happy with diamond's customer service um you know, there's always two sides to every story, of course, so uh, not being able to get direct information from Diamond themselves, but this is huge. Um, I don't think it'll affect us as comic fans when it comes to our Marvel product because it'll still be put out there. Uh, Diamond will still be able to sell whatever Marvel product they have in their warehouses, so some of their now back issues, trade paperbacks and stuff like that. Uh, Diamond Select Toys still has their... Uh, licensing and relationship with both Marvel and DC. So those products will be out. I think what's going to happen though, is this is definitely going to hurt the independent market uh, for independent comics, because with diamond generating so much revenue from the big two, it obviously meant that they could take a little bit more of a risk on, you know, independent comics. But now with the big two being housed elsewhere, this might be interesting how the, uh, um, uh, qualifications will be to get comic books out there if you're part of the third parties. So that's where I'd be curious to see what the fallout's going to be. But yeah, uh, Mara diamond basically said, you know, they, they had about a 40 year relationship. So it's crazy to realize that those two have been together that long. Uh, that puts us going back to like the 1980s. Um, I, am I'm surprised. I, I really did not see Marvel saying goodbye. Um, I think this could be interesting, though, because now with with Marvel having Penguin Random House as their distributor, I think this might also open the door for other types of books outside of comics to start happening. So maybe more uh, teen prose novels, more of the DK style. Um, oh, what's the proper word? Um guides you know Mm. how they'll have those history books and 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 and, uh encyclopedias so i think we might see more stuff coming out of there so uh huge huge news it sounds like for the most part though from what i what i gleaned of Writers and artists, they're definitely excited about this new relationship, Uh, so time will tell. Um, I think it's going to be, like I said, I think it'll be a good thing for Marvel, but I think this might have some ramifications on the uh, independent publishers. So it'll be very interesting to see how they survive this wave that's come at them.
0: Just tell me that there's not going to be yet a third new comic book day during the week now.
1: Well, you know, honestly that makes something very interesting. Will there even be a point to free comic book day? Oh, not free uh, comic because, book day, new comic book day. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> if anything, so from what I remember back in my retail days, um Obviously we got the product in early. So that was always tough knowing that when I'd walk by my storeroom, there was comic books there. Like (laughs) I, I'd always try to talk to my book manager and be like, Hey, you know, if you, uh, you want to cut that box early, that's okay with me. I don't mind. (laughs) um, so, obviously, you know, product will still be there. Um, I think this will definitely help with shipping situations um, just because Random House, Penguin Random House has been in the game a lot longer than Diamond has. And when you break up monopolies, that definitely helps customer service. Um, but yeah, if anything, this might, and I, don't quote me now, but this might lend itself to Marvel maybe moving to Tuesdays as well, which I think Marvel probably wants to do. But at the same time, I do know uh, most writers and artists and people in the business like the tradition of comic book day being Wednesday so they might try to hold on to that I think it comes down to DC Comics having to let go of Tuesday <laughs> that way we can just go to our comic shop once a week and get our need in one shot but we'll see
0: uh, well with the with the misunderstanding that we had earlier what, what were you going to say about free comic book day like that has been a tradition now at the beginning of the summer to get a handful of free comics that were going to tease future stories in, in all the companies like are you saying that that's not going to be a thing anymore
1: I honestly think that might be the case uh, because free comic book day was uh, primarily done by Diamond Comics um, they would you know say hey everybody you know like let's create this event make a special comic and at first they started off as reprints Um, so it wasn't hard for publishers to have to deal with, but then it eventually lended itself to like, Hey, like, like you just said, like, this should be our zero issue for the next big event. So let's do it. Um, but I, like, if we look at stuff, so last year, obviously free comic book day kind of got scrapped, uh, just because you don't want people meeting in public anymore right now because of the pandemic, but DC comics wound up pulling their free comic book entirely. Uh, because that was going to lead to the whole DC generation's forged, shattered, I don't remember what it was called, but that wound up getting pulled and pulped, so destroyed. Um, but there really hasn't been talk of DC doing a new comic this year, so I if if DC pulled out, I don't know if they necessarily get to come in and play unless they do it on their own. And if you think about that, it's like, well... Now, with Diamond setting everything up, and all they had to do was submit a comic, and then Diamond would take care of the rest. Now, that's going to be a lot of work on their PR department, their shipping department, and their collected editions department to help scrap a book together to make something. So, in the end, is it really worth it? Probably not. Um, so if that pulled DC out of the equation, I can really see Marvel also kind of looking at the same thing where it's like, well, now it's no longer a joint venture, it's our own thing, and it's not gonna generate as much revenue, probably not worth it anymore.
0: Okay. There you go. Let's get into talking about the new Star Spangled Man with a plan and his partner, Battlestar. Uh these are two characters. Like honestly, I don't know a lot about Battlestar, and I and I don't. I should I should know more about John Walker, because uh, I am a a fan of U.S. Agent. So uh, let's get into talking about those two characters. U.S. Agent or John Walker has gone by a lot of names uh, other than just John Walker. He is uh, he is currently Captain America in the MCU uh, in the. Marvel Comics. He was he was uh, Captain America. He was also Super Patriot, and he eventually becomes U.S. Agent. Um, he has also been the warden of the Slab. I want to say um, the one of the prisons in um, the Marvel Universe because uh, that was tied into the Thunderbolts, and uh, and I think there's one more iteration of his character that he had done but i can't think of it off the top of my name do you have anything right there in front of you
1: well okay so it, it was actually the raft uh the that raft was the one okay. that he was that he was in charge of uh which was surprising because that led to him being kind of uh, destroyed you know like he definitely was uh was hurt and kind of forced into retirement um but then thanks to a multiverse version of a venom symbiote he did get his uh function his 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 lost limbs back so that was a wild way to explain uh his recovery via comic science (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah no he's definitely been all over the place it's it's pretty wild to learn about him some more like i what i really like is so he's never really been his own true man. Uh, Super Patriot was kind of just like a, re- a wrestling gear that he was given, so that way he could show off his powers that he got from the power broker, uh, which eventually kind of like people were like, hey, maybe you should do more than just be a wrestler. Uh, so then that put him in the spotlight. Eventually, when the government realized they were not going to have a relationship with Steve Rogers anymore, um, he got to wear the Captain America uniform. Uh, but then it just... Whether you could say it's his own personality or maybe it was the powers, but he just was not, not of sound mind to carry that big of a title. Uh, So eventually he was stripped of being Captain America and sadly some, some crazy stuff does happen to him along the way. Uh, But then he, he, You know, takes up Steve's used laundry again to become the U.S. agent. Uh, That's how I always remember him. I think my first exposure to him. I don't know if you ever got, I mean, I've I've been more of a toy guy than you, but I remember, I think it was, uh, I think Mattel, no, it was Toy Biz when they had those old, uh, God, they were like, four inch action figures and all it was was the captain america toy repainted to be u.s agent <laughs> so was like, he didn't even get to be his own toy like he's always been uh he's always been steve's hand-me-downs uh, but he's been an interesting character uh, i've mostly seen him in team books i remember when he was part of force works so that was definitely the edgy 90s superhero team with attitude. Uh, I do remember seeing him in the Iron Man cartoon. I don't know if you remember that. Um, Then uh, I think the next time he pops up in my life was when he was part of the Invaders. So, you know, he was running around. This time now he's like, no, I'm Captain America. Call me Cap. And the rest of the invaders are like, no, we know Cap Steve. Uh, We'll just call you John. (laughs) Uh, So he's always been kind of the oddball guy. Then he was sent to Canada to be the leader of Omega Flight. So I do remember that. I remember him being part of the Mighty Avengers. Um, And then I just kind of lost track of him. I know he's popped up in some stuff. Uh, I found it real interesting that... Uh, when he had his confrontation with Sam Wilson, uh, that played out a lot differently behind the scenes than what I did, what I initially thought. So that was kind of a that's a neat moment of character growth for him, I think. Um, and as we see right now, he's got his own U.S. Agent miniseries. So, so that's kind of
0: uh, yeah. And the one name that I had forgotten uh, that he went by, during the hero's return in the Morgan Le Fay verse, he was Liegeman.
1: Okay. Yes. Yeah. He uh, and even then he kind of basically, uh, from what I can remember of the art, his costume was like, "Hey, let's just take Captain America's costume and draw it in different colors." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Captain uh, America was Yeoman America in that. In that's that, right. That's uh, right. Spell. Spell verse.
0: <laughs> I remember that. Uh, okay. So, as Super Patriot Captain America number three twenty three, as Captain America, he was number. He was Captain America number three thirty three. Uh, and as U.S. agent, Captain America number 354. Uh, so all kind of relatively within the same three years. Uh, that's Those were his first appearances created by Mark Grunewald and Paul Neary. What are, what are some other characters that Mark Grunewald has created or, or prominently written? If you oh can think gosh. off the top of your head. Didn't he, oh, do, didn't he do some, some uh, Green Arrow stuff?
1: don't know if he played much with dc i know he definitely um he was a big tour de force behind the scenes uh so he gave us um oh my gosh what's what's their name squadron supreme so he didn't necessarily create them but he made them uh bigger like he actually started giving them more depth so that famous 12 issue uh maxi series um that is famous, like basically people call it like pre Kingdom Come and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he helped write that. Um, let's see if I look at his uh, notable creations: uh, Crossbones, Diamondback, the Serpent Society, Vagabond Slug, the Captain U.S. Agent. Uh, so he he did a big tour on Captain America, added a lot to it. Uh, he's probably single handedly responsible for Marvel versus DC or DC versus Marvel. So that's a big one. Uh, he was the editor in chief of Marvel Comics. So did a ton of crazy stuff. Um, it's kind of sad. So he was known as a jokester. Like he, you know, he had a he had a great sense of humor to him. Uh, and sadly, he had a heart attack at work, and that's what led to his death. And everybody just thought he was joking around. Uh, so that was very very tragic. His death, like I said, I don't remember him too well. But I know in '96, when he did pass, it was huge. You know, it was like, wow, one of the greats was gone from comics. Uh, he actually had him, he had himself cremated, and then his ashes were put in one of the printings of Squadron Supreme. Wow. So he loved comics that much that people can have a piece of him. Uh, just an all-around great guy, like I said, I know definitely he did he, he helped grow Captain America. Uh, so, when you're watching this series, Falcon and Winter Soldier, his guiding hand will definitely be behind a lot of it. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, so,
0: just for a correction, I meant I or I was confusing him for Mike Grell, who does the who did the <laughs> the Green Arrow storylines. Uh, sorry, uh, Mark Grunewald is obviously a different person. But he uh, also created so let's Lamar how- Hoskins, who is Battlestar.
1: Yep yeah uh so he's got Battlestar. he also created the original flag smasher carl morgan Thew. uh so there's that uh the what else do
0: we i'm have? gonna i'm gonna have to assume that he also
1: created the power broker imagine so I'd, I'd say that's probably definitely a a safe bet
0: so it sounds like this whole series is going to have its thanks to mark Grunwald. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Ooh, here's a neat one. Deathlock. He's the cre- he's one of the co-creators of Deathlock, so that's a, a huge thing because I think they tried playing with Deathlock in uh, Agents of Shield, right?
0: Yes, they did. They they had him as a character in Agents of Shield.
1: So he just yeah, like I said, he when he got on Captain America, he did a great job. Like he really injected a lot of uh, personality into Steve Rogers. Um, He brought back the Red Skull, which was huge at the time, and the twist, um, he brought back the Red Skull in a cloned body of Steve, Uh, so that was a huge thing. Uh, He is partially responsible for Captain America's exoskeleton, so I don't know if if you remember this one uh, so this is partly why we had to have Heroes Reborn, Heroes Return and all that stuff because <laughs> they were just getting too extreme so it got to a point where the uh, the serum in Steve's bloodstream was killing him and so obviously Steve is not a guy to lay down and die so yep there's the uh, prototype Iron Man Captain America uh, that's a good image it was not that good all the time <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's that's funny, yeah, like the idea, because like I said, uh, if he is the one that also created the power broker, power broker uses an exoskeleton for uh, strength as well. So uh, we'll have to uh, have to check that out. I mean, we'll, that's definitely a character we're going to talk about today, because these the power broker is heavily tied in with um, uh, both John Walker and Lamar Hoskins. Uh, looks like he he didn't create that character.
1: Yeah, I guess not. But But. the idea—he definitely took it and used them. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, So I assume Battlestar has the same um, creation date, first appearance date. Uh, Let's see, his first appearance uh, is Captain America number three twenty-three, and yep, that would be him as. uh, I assume he was when he was created. He came in as Buck.
1: Yeah, well, he was one of those. Uh, what were they calling Bucky's? Uh, the Buckies, the Bold Urban Commandos. So he was part of that group. Oh, so he was just an unnamed soldier for that. Uh, so that's his first appearance. Um, he finally gets a name in issue three thirty three of Captain America. So we we get to know him as Lamar Hoskins. Uh, the next issue three thirty four is where he'll be introduced as Bucky. And then issue 341 is when he gets his own identity as Battlestar.
0: So it, it's it's an interesting thing to note that it was uh, writer Dwayne McDuffie who informed Grunwald that buck is, a con- is considered a derogatory term among African-Americans as it is a term used before the American Civil War to refer to male slaves and said that it was also racially offensive and to have an adult black man taking on the identity of a teenage sidekick. You actually went and found the literal panels where they had a character. Uh, I don't know if it was a named character or not, but a security guard uh, come and talk to Lamar's car- Lamar and say, hey, like, why are you taking on that name? Uh, he says, well, I'm doing, I'm honoring, you know, the original Bucky. And he's like, yeah, that was a teenage sidekick white kid. Like you should definitely have your own identity because that's not, it's not a good name for, for you as a grown black man. Uh, so I, I thought that was interesting that, you know, uh, the, you know, people were learning and, and making changes so that it could, we could all be better. We could all, we all could learn from that. And Mark Grunwald didn't didn't like just try and do it on the slide. He, he definitely put it into the book to be like, Oh, I learned something here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I found that very interesting that, you know, like one, the, the thing that hits me the hardest is I did not realize how long Dwayne McDuffie has been in the game. Um, Cause that puts him, Know, at least back in the 80s so i really want to do a a deeper dive and, and learn about where he he started his early uh time in comics but yeah the fact that you know here's two men you know different backgrounds and it's like hey uh, just in case you didn't know here's what this connotation can be because you know obviously people are, are like well it's honoring a world war ii hero but yeah do you as a grown man want to be named after a kid you know uh racial tensions obviously they're 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 you know they're always high uh so then you toss that into the mix as well so i think it was great that you know because part of me even feels like yeah like when they were doing that comic it's like hey this this uh guard basically is the voice of Dwayne mcduffie you know Mm -hmm. he's kind of explaining that and i think that's even important too because as you know, as we grow up, as we learn more about our heritages and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, you know, here's these words that get said, but it might not mean much to you, but here's the history behind that word. And it's like, well, it's up to you to be ignorant of it or not. And I think that was a huge moment where they, they you know, there was there was a learning moment. And that's always great to see in comics.
0: Now, now I also thought it was interesting in the actual episode uh, when we had... Lamar actually introduced himself as his code name uh it was it was Bucky who was like Battlestar and like just got off the vehicle he's like all right
1: I'm out <laughs> that's a
0: ridiculous name
1: <laughs> yeah I mean there might be a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek where it's like oh you, you can't have my name I don't know I just I think to me it kind of like I, I feel like Bucky's definitely somebody that like you know Battlestar really like it's because when i hear Battlestar, i don't know i don't know about you but like i think of a ship you know like this is the the uss battle star so it's just it's definitely making captain america seem um you know because even even if we remember if we go back to you know the, the the first movie captain america the first avenger bucky did give some crap to steve it's like hey why don't you go back on your stage and dance you yeah know, the rest of us are going to be fighting a war yeah, so I think he definitely feels like, bam, that's the legacy. It yeah, went from being a hero to now being a an actor high fiving people on football <laughs> fields again, and now even the role of sidekick to Captain America is, you know, to played to that regard as well.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, if you look back at the comic books, like. The- the character of Bucky was just Bucky, like he was he was Captain America's sidekick, but his name is James Buchanan Bucky Barnes, right? Uh, nope. It's just it's just his nickname. It's not like there was a secret identity there. Uh, so you go back to the co- uh, to the movie, and yeah, he, he doesn't take on a silly code name. It's it's not till Hydra gets a hold of him and creates him into the Winter Soldier that he has he gets stuck with the name Winter Soldier. Like it's almost a. uh uh, a weight around his his neck and as we see it progress in his therapy that if people call him the winter soldier that's that's it's that's the that's the assassin that's the bad guy Uh, of course in the comic books we've we've seen him embrace that name and 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 uh you know turn the winter soldier identity around and made it made him a good guy still does the things that maybe cap Steve Rogers wouldn't do, but uh, he's he's somewhere in between Captain America and and the Punisher, right? Like he 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 rides that line (laughs) closer
1: closer to Frank's side of things, but yes,
0: (laughs) Uh, but. The idea of taking on a a silly code name and and Battlestar being a silly one, like I would I would really like to have sit down with Mark Grumale and be like, what came up? How'd you come up with the idea? Like, maybe I get it with with the costume of the red, white, and blue, and there's a star, a white star right in the middle. So there's your star. And what does he do? He fights. He battles. So Battlestar. Like,
1: well, actually, so we we owe it to Kirian Dwyer. Okay, the name Battlestar. Um, Yeah, he, he was the one who ultimately suggested it. And this is wild because I'm cheating here and I'm looking at his backup page. So this is pretty wild. Once his parents divorced, Dwyer's mother met and married John Byrne. So it's like, holy cow, that's crazy. So like, you know, like, hey, your stepdad is a huge comic book artist writer. So it's like, huh? That's, that's pretty cool. So that, that definitely probably helped him get in the business. And I know John Byrne definitely, you know, did some great Captain America stories as well. So, yeah. So that's kind of cool that, that Emily gets to have that touch in there as well.
0: Did did it, did it say why it is they call them Battlestar? Like where did that, where that um, come from?
1: Let's see. Grunewald recalls uh, the search for a good name for a partner to cap is a whole half hour unto itself. Uh, we came up with every single name, which was vaguely patriotic, vaguely military, and yet stood on its own because someday these guys may split up. So finally, the name Battlestar, which checks, you know, okay, it's, it's patriotic, it's military, and it can stand on its own. All right. So good job, Curion. There we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I'm all for that. Now. Now, uh, it looks like uh, Walker is a partner uh, with Hoskins as the, the new Bucky, but Hoskins later changes his name to Battlestar due to the negative racial uh, name connotation for a black man. The two follow Adrian Samish's orders. Uh, Walker is trained by Freedom Force, the Guardsmen, and the Taskmaster, Taskmaster training focusing on teaching him how to use the Captain America shield and goes on his first mission against the Watchdogs military militia group uh what's the freedom force and what's the guardsman
1: so let's see here from what i can remember i think the guardsman um let's see okay so the first one we're talking about is freedom force um i think that's kind of a play like i know mark grunewald kind of went into captain america with the idea of okay we've got you know homegrown terrorism to to basically call it out flat-faced so it's like there's people that can love america so much but they actually might be dangerous for it so for the most part captain america has always fought overseas you know like oh here comes a threat from europe you know clearly they're the bad guy uh but you know things don't always come out from that side of of the world so definitely they uh you know actually I think I'm confusing that more with the watch So let's see freedom force itself. Um, that one, I, I don't have too much information on, so let's see. Okay. So they were at one point. Okay. So freedom force then was basically mutants, uh, working for the government. So Valerie Cooper, I'm sure we've heard her name a lot in the X-Men comics. So she's a government liaison and she's offering pardons. So this kind of sounds very suicide squad ish. Um, she basically manages to get Avalanche the blob. Crimson Commando, Destiny, Mystique, and Pyro to be her initial uh, mutant team that will go out there and fight. So at one point, Mystique was the leader of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, uh, but then eventually they were captured and then brought over to the government side of things to do dirty work. Uh, uh, Spider Woman eventually winds up joining paths with them. So Julia Carpenter, because she actually is considered a mutant, uh, she was part of the team. Spiral joins the team. Uh, then two characters, Stonewall and super saber. I don't know exactly who they were, but they did that. So they were a government sanctioned team that does things. Um, they're not always good guys. You know, it's like, they might be like, Oh yeah, we'll save somebody at the cost of somebody else. Uh, so that's where they were in that regard. The watchdogs themselves so in this case, um, these would definitely be that homegrown terrorism where it's like they are um, symbolizing censorship and repression. So it's like, well, in order to save traditional American culture and values, they're going to fight against indecency and immor- immorally. Imm- oh, my gosh, I can't talk. Yeah. Immor- immorality. Uh, Morality and then sexual perversions. Uh, so they were very strict on their family values and anything outside of that clearly was wrong. Uh, these people definitely went as far as to killing to prove their righteousness. Uh, so yeah, they were they were definitely something else. Those are the people that their message, when you dig deep, is ultimately super scary. Uh, and I think they're a great... Captain America set of villains because it's it's one of those things where sometimes we can hear something that's wrapped up in red, white, and blue, but it's unfortunately going to cause a lot of red to have happen.
0: Yeah, and it, so sounds like, were, it sounds like but, the guardsmen are also a bunch of uh, government issue um, power suit people. Like yes, Iron Man's yeah. armor. So it's funny yeah. that, that the, the characters that would go on to train uh, John Walker to be Captain America or government people Uh, in the show, very much in the series, uh, John Walker has received all these awards like as a soldier before becoming Captain America. Now Steve Rogers did not receive any uh, you know, awards or commendations or anything like that before, uh, becoming Captain America. He was he's the guy that would jump on the, on the 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 grenade, right? Like that's exactly uh-huh. what he's he says and he's ready to risk his life. So the idea of John Walker is very much a government idea of this is who we want to be Captain America, not a kid who uh, we have no control over. Um he, this is a this is a good soldier. John Walker's a good soldier. He's going to take orders, he's going to do what we tell him to do and that's exactly what we're getting this time around yeah they're using him as uso uh propaganda also but they obviously give him a a long reach in the official stuff how else would he been able to get uh sam and and buck out of jail out of prison in baltimore or out of jail in baltimore sorry um because he's higher ranking he even said something about uh I gave the order like he has a high rank and he said something about like I know I know a thing or two about being a captain I don't really understand ranking in the army is he above captain did he like kind of take a demotion to get to Captain America
1: well it's it's one of those things where like even though Captain America it's a title um, I'm sure if if Steve was in actual you know comic book military you know he he would be probably you know four star general america but that just doesn't roll off the tongue as well right <laughs> captain america is definitely big, so it's like so yeah he's probably been like i think when he says i know a thing of two about being a captain it was like well yeah he's probably captain of his football team captain in uh i think he's army so he was an army captain so now it's like okay well now i'm just captain america yeah this won't be hard at all i'm just playing a part it'll be easy
0: Okay. So yeah, that's what I, that's what I, that, that's what I was thinking, but he obviously is still part of the military. Like even Sam points it out. I was like, Hey, uh, Buck and I are free agents. You guys are still a part of the military. You can only do so much. We are able to somewhat bend the rules, which honestly I didn't think of him as, as Sam being a, uh, like contract soldier, so to speak. Uh, you know, um, because of that first episode where he's flying in and out and grabbing uh, that hostage and stuff like that. but I, I guess yeah, sure, he could be private security technically. Well
1: now it now it makes sense why they used him for that because obviously the government's like, well look, we, we don't want this plane and uh, hostage to be taken, you know across border lines. But if we are seen doing it, then it's an act of aggression, which can lead to an act of war. So it's like, hey, Sam, like you do have military ties, but ultimately your classification is as an Avenger. So that puts what we want to have happen without it being considered a government action. So it's like, huh. So it really makes me look back at episode one a lot differently. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't I didn't view it that way. So that's kind of... Uh, kind of neat and then yeah so in the end it's like well all right it you know it's definitely beneficial for uh uh, uh falcon to be that free agent so that way it's like well you know it's it's like uh, you know we we want to get criminals off the street but we can't do it a certain way so what if uh, Frank Castle comes along? Maybe? Maybe too much? <laughs> maybe not enough? I don't know. But yeah, so it's less less red tape, less bureaucracy. The best way to get anything done as Ron uh, Ron would say from uh, uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, uh, I don't know what the, the storyline is going to be with uh, Lamar Hoskins and I don't as I pointed out, we don't have—I don't have a lot of knowledge of anything that he's been in before, other than his of ap- his brief appearance in Civil War, uh, the comic book, not the, not the movie. Um,
1: so, do you have anything to be added to that? Honestly, I know like he he played a good part at the start of this, um, at the start of uh, John Walker's Captain America career. You know, it was kind of like, OK, because even though they were partners, they're not friends. Like for me, I kind of feel like in the show, Lamar and John are buddies. I don't know if they go all the way back to oh, high school football, but they definitely like- seem like they military and even their training time. Like, it's like, OK, we have a we have a respect for each other and things like that. It definitely uh, in seemed the like comics- to
0: me. I just—it definitely seemed like to me in that in that first scene on the foot right before they they were in their football locker room, it seemed like they were both they both went to that high school.
1: Yeah, yeah, I kind of got that vibe too. I mean, so uh, you know, that's the vibe they gave. I don't know if that's necessarily what True. will be. Um, but yeah, so I mean, he just kind of he was there as a foil because the thing is, when John Walker was created, it was like he's kind of he's almost to that point of being the uh watchdog as well you know it's like cuz john walker as a character like he was not very welcoming of other things he wasn't a racist but he also wasn't you know delicate our understanding of people of other cultures and religions and race uh because i know there was one where he was talking to a native american character and when they didn't agree you know he turns around and was like oh you know he referred to her as pocahontas and he even was like why don't you lay off the peyote you know it's like "Ooh, you know so he's he has good intentions but he is definitely not a well-rounded character but that's his foil that's what things are so like Battlestar was just kind of there to have those two clash with each other when they would be doing, you know, doing adventures as superheroes. Um, eventually, Lamar kind of got forgotten, you know, uh, it happens to comic book characters. So, yeah, we see him during that era of Captain America. And then once Steve takes over the book, Lamar got forgotten. Uh, literally, he doesn't pop up till, let's see, he, he did get picked up as part of Silver Sable's. Wild Pack, so he he, you know he joined in with her team of heroes, uh, so that could be interesting if they ever make a Silver Sable film. Would he would he get to go play over there as well? Um, so that kind of takes us to like mid nineties. Then we don't see him again till Civil War, and even in Civil War, you know he was just kind of backgroundish, you know. And um, he did play in the Marvel Zombies Supreme miniseries, so he got to be a part of that one. Um, we see him pop up in Marvel zombies destroy again. So again, part of like a, a big, uh, what's the team? Like, a, a you know, a, a team of, of heroes, you know, that last line of defense type of thing. So he, he plays out in that. Um, and then he even gets a little bit as part of the underground against Steve's secret empire. So he popped up in occupy Avengers number nine, but yeah, as a character, he's probably got like maybe, well, let's see, I could tell you. He's got 103 comic book appearances. So yeah, you could you could definitely have the whole kit and caboodle if you know what numbers to get.
0: <laughs> so I also find it interesting that in the TV series, they both Walker and Hoskins do not have any type of enhanced strength or speed or agility or anything like that. They are uh, regular guys that are putting their lives on the line to, to do this. Uh, obviously, they have better. Training and uh, and Walker obviously has an indes- indestructible shield. Uh, but in the comic books, they got they did get superpowers, they got superpowers from the power broker, which we are getting uh, uh, reference to in the series, uh, even more so in the second episode when uh, we notice that the flag smashers uh are being chased by the power brokers' people. And they, at one time, our main character Carly, or our main or leader of the group, Carly, got a text message saying, hey, you stole my stuff, I'm coming back to get it, like, kind of thing. Uh, More than likely, that is from the Power Broker, and they stole their powers from the Power Broker. Uh, Power Broker is uh, very much connected in the comic books to the Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation, which I always find funny, (laughs) because it just pops up everywhere uh, in the Marvel Universe. Like, this is a thing that a lot of people in the Marvel Comics Universe, like, watches. It is a wrestling federation that is that allows people with superpowers in it. Uh, it, it was a big part of, uh, that Avengers Academy that you were talking about. Cause it had, uh, that, that dude that's like, um, like the thing, but he's gray rock and he can like shoot his limbs off kind of thing. Uh, he was a part of that wrestling, um, federation. Uh, and, and, uh, I believe the power broker shows up in there too. Uh, the, the idea that this guy gives powers to people so that they can wrestle in his uh, unlimited class (laughs) wrestling federation, and then they eventually go on to do other things, either become uh, villains or become heroes is, is kind of comical to me. I doubt we're going to get that connection in the, in the TV series. Uh, but I would love (laughs) to see a nod to the unlimited class wrestling federation at some point. I think that'd be hilarious. Uh, well, Battlestars Marvel is, MMA. <laughs> yeah. Battlestar is also supposed to have his own shield. He's supposed to have a uh, kind of replica of Steve's kite shield uh yeah. from when he first showed up as as Captain America. It is also supposed to be it also supposed to be made from vibranium. Any idea any, do you I do you feel that we might he might eventually get that or do you think that they're just going to skip that altogether?
1: I could see them probably skipping it, but I could see them doing something like Maybe there's a scene in the Captain America exhibition and Hoskins has to grab something to like shield himself. And he's like, Hey, this is kind of a neat idea. Why don't I get one? You know, like I can (laughs) see there being that little tongue in cheekness of it. Uh, But yeah, I don't think they'll ultimately go that route. Now, something I wanted to say though, I think they have powers. I just don't think we know. Oh, I don't think uh, because there's no way. Those regular dudes could have been jumping on the top of those semi trucks and doing all that stuff. Plus, if you think about it, and again, this is like, I'm waiting for the moment where we hear the name Del Rusk be used, you know, because I've, I've, you know, this is my Mefesto theme. Uh, but I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, obviously, like, I have a feeling that this branch of U.S. government or, you know, this senator has been working with the power broker already. Because it's mighty convenient that you know uh, Captain America and Battlestar show up at the exact moment that this you know uh, shipment was being hijacked. Well, even though Power Broker says, "Hey, you stole my shipment," where was that shipment going? Was it going to this government uh, task force that leads to Captain America and Battlestar? That's my thought. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the funny thing that you you
0: bring up, uh, I, I definitely think that that Adele Rusk could be the new Mephisto for this series. Um, <laughs> but we were talking earlier about MVP, Michael Van Patrick, or Michael Vance and Patrick. Uh, what if they combine that story of Michael Van Patrick in with the John Walker story, and that's how like John Walker kind of has his powers? If you are not familiar with the MVP character that was introduced in the avengers academy storyline um he he is a descendant of dr erskine the one who created the super soldier serum uh but his father was all about you can you can reach those uh enhanced human abilities just through exercise and proper eating and so thus he essentially kind of did a uh uh experiment i guess on his son <laughs> uh or sons his triplets and uh was it triplets or was it just the one kid is oh it just gosh, one I kid i think it was is just
1: the, the one kid but they wound up making clones triplet clones. that's right
0: so yeah the 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 first kid like has all those abilities just from proper eating and and exercise he didn't need the super soldier serum but he does have enhanced abilities
1: Take your vitamins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, so if they were able to incorporate that story in with John Walker, uh, I think that would be kind of interesting.
1: Huh? That could. So now having John Walker be a descendant of uh, Erskine, that would be a that'd be a that'd be a wild twist. That's for sure. Plus, throwing in the
0: the spoiler that you did not want to give about where John Walker grew up, like that, uh, you you kind of can combine all that together.
1: <laughs> yeah um well this, that would definitely you know he that, that that gives him the uh desire for vengeance that's for sure
0: <laughs> i also think that uh you had a, a a nice interesting theory on on where they're going with the flag smashers and them combining that story with somebody else
1: yeah okay so uh the flag smasher is a dude it is a one person not a terrorist group so when we first meet um Johnny and Lamar, they are part of a group called the Bold Urban Commandos. So they get nicknamed Buckies, and it's just a bunch of shirtless guys in blue cargo pants with Captain America cows uh causing chaos. So, you know, they'll be the ones who, you know, go to a a, a building, you know, like a you know, Bank of America or something and you know the stock market, and they're just doing their craziness to disrupt and cause chaos uh their leader is actually john walker so it's crazy to be like wait a second like why would the government pick these two dudes but anyways in the mcu version i'm thinking that's what they did was they took this idea of the bold urban commandos because they're definitely you know their their thought process is to uh you know the government and the country back to old-fashioned values. And what are old-fashioned values? Well, whatever makes these people happy. Uh, They only have a two-issue appearance, issue 323 and 333. Or sorry, a 10 are... They only have seven appearances. That's the word. <laughs> I should know this for math. Uh, so they only have ten appear or seven appearances uh, that range across ten issues. So it was just a quick bold idea, but I could definitely see where they kind of they kind of fit in with the idea of the flag smashers. You know, they're going in and they're causing the chaos as we saw in episode one, where it's like, okay, well, they want to create this theft, but. You know, you have all these people put on a mask and run around and and pass around the loot that's been taken. So that kind of felt like something that those Buckies were doing. So I think that's what what my guess is. I'm thinking that the uh, Marvel writers were like, well, hey, we could kind of get these two ideas, amalgam them, and then call it what it is. So that's where I'm thinking that comes from.
0: I can definitely get behind that. I think uh, I think we're going to get a very big mishmash of storylines and characters, but I think it's doing, it's being done well, if that makes any sense. Yeah. All right, Chris, is there any other uh, storylines or, or interesting tidbits that you'd like to throw out about these two characters as we close up?
1: Well, I would definitely say, um, I'm trying to find it real quick. So obviously there's a lot of, uh, stuff being collected right now that features US agent, aka John Walker. Uh, I would say pick up the new series by Christopher Priest. Uh, Christopher Priest is a great writer, he's done a lot of amazing stuff. But then I was also looking here uh, during the US agent time. So there was a part that says that he, that John rescues Battlestar from the Power Broker. Uh, The two reconcile their relationship, but then sadly John learns that uh, his memories had been altered and his parents were dead. Now, the writing on this is interesting because I don't know if they're trying to convey the fact that that's John's memories or if that's Lamar's memories, but it looks like it's definitely a touching series with the two. So I would recommend going and reading Captain America issues 376, 377, and 378 if you want to look at a... uh, examining of their relationship with these two men who served as partners in the war against crime. So I would definitely say, check that out in conjunction with uh, priest's current us agent series.
0: And I would say the, the, the uh, stuff that I would check out because I was, that's where I was introduced to John Walker is that invader storyline that you were talking about before uh, invaders. Number one from night or Nope, from 2000 something
1: uh, yeah early 2000s because that was basically like oh the jsa's back do a team <laughs>
0: yeah yeah because that was that was a, i thought that was a very cool team that was uh you had what
1: uh he the original human torch uh let's see we had john walker as captain america uh a, a brand new union jack the original spitfire jacqueline fallsworth namor uh blazing skull from the golden age the thin man um and then yeah jim hammond eventually joined up on the team as well uh this came out back in october of 2004 holy moly
0: (laughs) october 2004 so there you go i mean i just want to say that this is a time that this is a thing that i thought i would never see we're seeing u.s agent on the big screen or uh, i guess on disney plus a live action version of him so to speak uh definitely (laughs) not a thing that i thought i would ever see so this is this is very cool
1: no it is definitely like i was excited to see him in his oh my god that ugly 90s costume that he had i don't know if you remember he didn't even have like it was a cowl but it was a faceless cowl and he had his his like purple pinkish energy shield uh but when we got to see that on the the cartoons it was like oh my gosh how cool (laughs) now we have you know uh star lord's brother playing the parts on tv (laughs) on on our disney plus so how cool is that so very 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 cool very cool and Um, now well gosh we're going to get the other patriot from dc uh um we just did a big special about that but it's crazy to realize that these second third fourth tier characters are are in the spotlight now
0: yeah yeah they're there all right. If you have anything else that you'd like to throw in about these two characters, reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at Michipedia G E M G E M stands for geek elite media. Chris, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, you can definitely find me on Twitter as well. My handle is stuff. I should say should being spelled S H U D. And then obviously check out geek elite media for all my writings on their website. And then check out AIPTcomics.com for my reviews of current comics. Um, so find my stuff there.
0: The rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out uh, our Patreon page, uh, geeklymedia.com for, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Check out our website, geeklymedia.com for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. Then go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash for bonus material of this very episode that you can only get there if you're one of our patrons. Then, uh, whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us because it helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to...
1: Geek, Geek out. out! This concludes our broadcast. T- <tune>